I think it's safe to say that it's often the case that we as human beings are continually striving to become something, to be something, to be a certain kind of person, to live up to some kind of standard, to some kind of idea about who and what we should be uh, as people in general. Um, uh, a certain bar is set so far as our, our characters, about our achievements, about, um, again, just generally who we are as human beings. And we measure that that overall feeling about ourselves against various things, whether they be against other people. Usually I think it's, it's probably other people's achievements or, other, or who we perceive other people to be or how we hold or the kind of esteem that we give to the achievements of other people. And that can be, uh, of course, as we're all familiar, uh, very daunting. It, it's, it's really a difficult task um, uh, to, to live up in our own minds to the people that we think that we should be, whether we're in a certain, whatever role we're in, whether it be a, a job, um, whether it be, you know, a, a kind of a partner or, or spouse or, you know, uh, for who you are for, for a loved one or a, a parent or whatever the case might be, or just, just in what it is that you do, whether you're an athlete or, you know, uh, uh, anything. I mean, it, it can be anything. An artist, uh, an electrician, uh, a, uh, I don't, fill in the blank. Who, who, however you define yourself, uh, whether it be by your job, um, by your relationships, by how intelligent you think you are. And it kind of all goes back to this, is that so many of us think about success, uh, how we are successful, and that success um, defines ourselves, of course, to society, but... Uh, most importantly to us, and I don't want to delve into the, or swim around in the, you know, ocean of cliche that is out there about being successful and um, not measuring yourself up to others. I, there's, there's plenty about <laughs> that out there that we can go into uh, that can be, again, rather trite and a little bit on the, on the cliche end of things. Um, but I think something that we've been interested in exploring and kind of talking about so far as who we are as, as people um, kind of goes along this sort of questioning about um, how, again, we define ourselves and what it is that we think we need to 
become. Um, and that measuring stick uh, of becoming and, and, and how you, you know, get to this point of, of satisfaction about yourself um, because we're always trying to, again, measure up. And I think many of us are attempting to be what we would call great. Um, and, you know, if we achieve this status of greatness, whether in our own eyes or in the eyes of others, um, we think that then we will maybe be satisfied and then we can, we can rest. However, I'm not sure, and I'm not saying that I know any better than, than anyone else, but that's kind of what we're here to explore and think about and talk out, is that I'm not, I'm not sure that that um, has as much merit as we might give it. And I'm not sure that even though those people who we might consider as great ourselves, whether that be... And normally, in the way that we sort of live in the modern world, it's normally those who we consider uh, great have some sort of high social standing, whether it be uh, a member of the community, a celebrity, uh, an athlete, somebody who we consider... Um, you know, a potential mentor or a potential leader, someone who, if they were in the room and speaking, you would be quiet. <laughs> if, if you know, their tongues and their lips were moving, uh, yours might immediately, might cease. That, that, it's always a sign of, of respect subconsciously that, uh, that we, we give uh, to those who we revere. And, I think that, again, we see um, something great about people and, and we bow to that. And we want to, again, and here's this word, become great. We want to be something that we are not. And I kind of stop and, and wonder what we think greatness is because I don't think greatness is truly achieved um, by a singular action. I don't think, you know, to stick with the sort of uh, uh, you know, the kind of examples of uh, artists and athletes, like I don't think you paint a singular painting and become great. I don't think you throw one pass and become, or have one good game and, and become great. Greatness seems, at least in our definition and in, in in the concept that we have of it, greatness seems to um, be defined or come to be through a sustained effort, through something that is continual, through something that happens with a great deal of consistency. 
Um, and that that's how greatness comes about. Again, it doesn't just happen through a singular instance. It's it's something that continues on. It's it's that you or a certain person does something, and then they do it again and again and again. Um, you become a great surgeon after you know many successes, and and, and there it is. Uh, it, it's the success, right? It's it's obtaining that particular result. We don't often say this person is a great failure, <laughs> and they get revered for that. Well, there are many great failures out there, but uh, few which we revere. And of course, and again, I don't mean to, to delve into the, the cliche, the realm of cliche, but uh, of course, without all those failures, uh, successes aren't possible. And here's kind of where uh, we single out the individual because, and, and then revere that because I think those people who we consider great through those sustained works, of course, they, they really couldn't have, they couldn't be or have, have had that success, quote unquote, or produce that result without not just failings, but, but working off of and through um, those similar works of others. I think, uh, again, to stick with these examples, um, artists would tell you that they couldn't, they they wouldn't have done the kind of art that they did without a body of of work by which to to play off of you know, maybe a, a Beethoven or a Mozart um, wouldn't have been who they are without uh, those who ha- had come before them. Uh, 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 you know, the the modern philosophers became uh, the ones that are respected and renowned. Became that way largely through. Understanding, interpreting, and then working off of uh, the thoughts, theories, and, and uh, people who, who came before them. As does any science. I mean, maybe it's most obvious in science where uh, someone like you know Einstein wouldn't have been able to comprehend what he did without Galileo or, or any number of of people who had come Copernicus to whoever you know all all, a a million others literally like a million other people uh in that realm and I of course I mean I don't you know I'm no no expert in uh in any of these (laughs) I'm an expert in very very little um but obviously just just kind of naming the the pop uh names uh, recognizing those people that most of us would be familiar with. Um, you don't get to be great on your own. Uh, it's just that we as p- 
people um, point to a singular person uh, because of something that person did, because they kind of tied it all together. But oftentimes, I think that because we want to revere something but oftentimes and and I think a lot of folks who again we consider quote unquote great would if they um, were humble uh, enough to to do so they might acknowledge the fact uh, the suspicion that I have that they kind of came in and put a bow on the whole The, the package was more or less wrapped They just needed one final, you know, little thing to to tie it all up. And and that's what they did. And uh, yet we revere them as, quote unquote, great because of it. When, of course, really, this it's a whole body of work that came um, and made their particular achievement possible. And again, of course, that's true. But. It's not something that we necessarily always acknowledge. Um, and yet, as, as individuals kind of going through this whole process, I know that I do this with myself. That I think, okay, well, I've got to be really good here. I've got I've to be great. I've got to be great in my job. I've got to be a, a, a great family member, a great friend, a great, and, and I'm, I'm none of these things, you know, uh, and am consistently not any of these things. And that is not an attempt at some sort of false humility. I know and acknowledge and see within myself, uh, time and time again, that I am, uh, even, you know, substandard f- frequently. Uh, as I think that we all are, I think that that's part of the process of being human. But then I sort of look at it and say, well, what do you think great is? And I think, and I have thought about this a, a little bit, but I, I think that what at least we've dubbed greatness to be is this sustained success uh, that we somehow transmutate into uh, basic, you know, consistent perfection or perfection at um, a a relatively high rate. Um, Someone has this perfect mind, has this ability to articulate, communicate, um, or make happen any number of things in this near perfect way. Uh, because uh, again, that's, that's, that's what greatness in our minds sort of is. It's this this perfect result. It's this perfect status. It's this perfect being, right? Well, what do we say is the greatest being that we can conceive of? Well, philosophically and theologically, a lot of people, you know, say that that's what we call God. Um, what is, you know, the, the, uh, the greatest 
you know, who or whatever. Well, there, there is whatever we think of that person or of that thing, whether it be you know, that athlete, that Babe Ruth or Michael Jordan or that Picasso or that Einstein or you know, that Plato or whoever. It's these people who have achieved this basic perfection and it's there there was a I grew up in Chicago and I remember this uh, I think it was I assume it was a Nike commercial because Michael Jordan was uh, you know, sponsored by, by Nike and he had this uh, no pun intended great commercial <laughs> that um, said you know, I've taken so-and-so many game winning or, you know, shots at, to win the game <clears throat> and have missed, like, you know, this many. It's this some, like, astounding number that you don't associate with Michael Jordan. And I've, you know, I've lost this many games and I've... And he basically listed all of his quote-unquote faults and it was such a powerful message because again you have this idea of who this person this athlete who and even while he was playing you knew watching him you're again at least and and I know I was probably a little starry-eyed given that this guy was a hero and I was a kid I mean everybody acknowledged him as a hero but but there, there was a sense, even if you, if you didn't know a lot about basketball, that you were watching not just something special, but um, potentially the, the best that ever was or will be. Because there was something else about his level and his style and his just, his capacity. Um, and that's what he was a standard and that's what we associated greatness to be. And yet here he is on television <laughs> getting paid to, uh, tell us about all of his faults and, and flaws and kind of rip that idol down. And that's, that's exactly what we do. And the reason that... I brought up the notion of the greatest perfection that many, at least, uh, who are theologically inclined, consider, of course, the, the greatest, quote-unquote, you know, being of all is, this, of, is God. Is be, uh, because people associate God with perfection with nothing that can be greater. The, the ontological argument for God's existence states exactly that God must exist because not to exist would be imperfect. And God is perfect. I got a lot of problems <laughs> with the ontological argument. Um, and it can be pretty simply summarized by saying that we have an idea of perfection that is 
probably off base. You know, what, what is perfect? That's, that's assuming that we understand what perfection actually is. And that's the whole point of this reflection is that I think that we have an idea of what perfection is. And yet if we open that up, like so many, like basically all of our conceptions, all of our notions, everything that we conceptualize. And if you're at all familiar with a philosophical war, oh, that, that's our, our big project with that. that. That is what a philosophical war is about this, this work that we've put on um, entitled The Philosophical War. And, and it's about tearing down concepts, about tearing down ideas that we have about things because ideas that we have about things are only that. They're only ideas. And the ideas are not the reality. And yet we treat the ideas as though they are the reality. And it's perfectly typified in, in, in this notion of what we think greatness to be, what we think perfection to be. Because again, when we open that up, we really don't know what perfect is. There's no standard. For, it's impossible to measure it. What is the perfect tree? And Plato had a lot to say uh, about perfection is that if you're unfamiliar with sort of that philosophy 101 in, in the West anyways, is that Plato says that you know, all forms, everything that we see in the world of, of being, in the world of phenomena, is a manifest of a, 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 a something that comes from this this perfect this sphere where there are certain perfections, and then it, these things come down and have a particular kind of of being, um, and and that particular kind of being is. Are, are the forms that things take. There is a perfect, again, notion of a tree. There is a perfect notion of a toaster. And then there are individualized trees and toasters that come down and have form and have actual, can take physical shape um, and have, have an existence that we can interact with. And yet there's this this realm, or this, excuse me, got that a little bit back. There's this, there's this realm of, of the forms, and, uh, and they, they take shape. Um, and then are, you, you are able, as a person, to, to interact with them. And uh, um, the, the thing of it all is, is that what does that perfect thing look like? What is that exact? Where does perfect start and stop? 
how, how would we ever know what perfect was, even if we saw it? It's very, I mean, it's impossible because where is the objective standard? And that's just it, is that it's very difficult to say that it exists. And even if it does exist in that sort of realm beyond being, beyond, beyond this, you know, this actual happening that we encounter on a daily moment-to-moment basis, it's impossible to really discern what that perfection would actually be, how, how, what it would look like. There, there's no standard. Um, uh, the standard that, that we would encounter, even if we did, would be unrecognizable and, and quite potentially meaningless. Um, because again, it's, it's, it's an inaccuracy of language um, to say that something is perfect and here's that standard and here's what that looks like and you know you go from there um, that's, that's, that's an idea that we have about things it's, it's not a reality the idea that perfection is something that we can Interact. Perfection is just a word. Greatness is just a word. It's an idea that is, like all other conceptions, a mere mirage. And it's one that we are continually chasing. That's just all, that's always seems to be just on that horizon of our journey towards it. That seems to be there, and yet we, we never obtain it. Because of course, and, and even those who we think have absolutely obtained it, I think probably, <laughs> probably, and this is just a guess because I don't think I'm ever anywhere near this, nor am I held in this, uh, uh, you know great reverence by anyone that I know um, <laughs> is that uh, I think those who we hold to that uh, in, in that in that kind of light I think that they probably feel the furthest away from it ironically <sighs> because maybe and again I'm, I'm just hypothesizing and I mean I suppose there are plenty of folks who believe their own hype. I, 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 I have social media accounts. I, I know this to be actually true, of, of course, but, um, but of course we all have our, our day of reckoning and, and, and we all get knocked down from time to time. But I, I think those folks who, uh, who so many, uh, hold in, in this, this kind of esteem, again, probably feel furthest from that greatness precisely because maybe so many, because they have this, this common feeling also that they're not there. They didn't, they didn't do it. 
Michael Jordan missed all those shots. You know, how many, how many, did, did Da Vinci get Mona Lisa's smile right in his eyes? Uh, everybody else says it's great. And, and yet the whole world can be for you. And yet if you are not accepting of your work or yourself, it, it doesn't matter all that much. However, and here's another kind of irony about that, is again, if, if you're satisfied, well, that stops you from striving to become better, right? That stops you from striving to be more. So, so here is also where folks that we probably hold in the highest esteem and reverence continue that fight they continue that push they continue that struggle because they're they are never satisfied because they they don't ever stop they don't ever feel like they're they've arrived and that's probably why we think they're so great <laughs> it's because there's that next level within them uh th- th- that hunger is all the more so this very strange sort of oxymoronic existential state blossoms uh, within them uh, or you know and and within all of us is that precisely because of their hunger to achieve perfection precisely because they don't feel like they've achieved anything that they're capable of achieving the most. But this gets us into another question about achievement, I suppose. And what does achievement really mean? Or what does it do? I think that you could make the argument that it doesn't do a whole lot and that there is no real thing as achievement because what if you are again the quote unquote greatest it doesn't matter fill in the blank greatest lumberjack greatest chef greatest scientist greatest mother what, what does it matter greatest of all time yet if you're not acknowledged as such are you still the greatest what if you're even, forget the greatest. What if you're just, you know, decent? What if you're average? But not acknowledged as such. I, I think we could probably all imagine or have probably all experienced this happening where we know within ourselves get rid of all the bias and subjectivity that we have but that's out the window hell with that we know that we were great or that we did something that was worthy of some kind of acknowledgement of of acknowledgement and got completely passed over that no, nobody saw it. Nobody cared. Um, so this is where the 
after school motivational speaker would come in and say, again, that it doesn't matter. It's about who you are. And yeah, I suppose there's, there's a lot of truth in that. But then again, there's sort of this empty feeling, I think, that we have, uh, many of us, uh, if we're, so long as we're caught in that cycle of um, this need for acknowledgement, that I'm as guilty, if not more so, uh, of this than, than anyone. And I think it's kind of the nature of the beast when you are uh, doing something that uh, is more or less in uh, that you're doing it for or in a, in a realm which is um, highly exposed, highly publicis, uh, publicized. Um, being an artist, being a musician, and when I go out and play, and I am by no you know, means um, the greatest you know, musician, and yet I, I've gone out for years, for the better part of several decades, and uh, saying my heart out, play, even you know, if my, my voice is a little hoarse, played my heart out even though my fingers don't move all that fast no matter how much I practice and and uh, you sit up there and you expose yourself and uh, but but you do it because you love it but and that's just kind of the nature of the beast is that you're going to um, just by doing what you love expose and open yourself up to to ridicule uh, if you're an athlete <laughs> I mean you're doing that in front of hundreds if not thousands of people as the higher you go the more you the the brighter the lights um, the more you are judged so it's it's just the nature the nature of it and there's there's just no way around it in the way that we've set all this up is is that's where your success is and, and of course, these kinds of things are the most highly publicized and the most highly recognized. And then we take those examples. We, we see those athletes playing under those very bright lights. We see uh, those artists on the largest of stages getting all the accolades. And uh, that's what we measure ourselves against as we say well that's the pinnacle that's the high point where do we go from there um and, and I, i'm no stranger to this i've i've been an artist i've been a musician i've i've been i've put out a book uh, i put out an album i guess uh it's probably should dawn on me that i'm sitting here talking into a microphone, and maybe people one day will hear this, maybe they won't, but regardless, um, we're putting it out there, right? And people are gonna, some will love it, some will hate it, that's just, that's just how it goes, but we're going to 
measure that um, how we measure it is almost certainly to be impacted by how others measure it. So, and that, that's just also the nature of it. it. We as people with our insecurities and our, our fears and this want to be more. This want to become. This want to achieve. This is... These are great difficulties. Can we get rid of those things? Can, can we get rid of those desires? Can we open up a space within ourselves to fail, to not be perfect? I know personally, even though I imagine that even as I just said, you know, there might be, people might listen to this at some point if I ever decide to, to put it out or if it ever gets exposed or if you know, uh, ancient civilizations 10,000 years from now uh, come and excavate uh, Laverne, California and find uh, these kind of files lying around. Um, who knows? But can we, you know, in, in all that, I, I, I always think when, when I'm doing these kinds of things or, or when I'm playing in front of people, can I fail and still be okay with that? Can I say, can I stammer? on these dictations? Can I go off on a tangent and never come back? And um, can, I, can I hang my own humanity out there and be okay with that? See, I think we, I think we just so infrequently allow ourselves to be human. I think that we so infrequently allow the process to take hold. We so infrequently give ourselves the time and the space just to be. And of course, it's in that being, not in the hopeful achievement of, but in the actual being of. That's where the magic happens. That's where we're able to really create. That's where we're able, when we allow that failure to happen. When I talk about this, this is one of the philosophies that uh, goes into you know, the, the, the model that we have at Middletree. I wanted to give students unlimited time to work because, you know, uh, to go back to some of the examples we used earlier, no one said to Einstein, okay, by your 40th birthday, you've got to come up with you know, an equation that sums up the laws of gravity. He had as much time as he needed to work on all of this. No one said to Plato, you've got to, you know, go through your blue period. You've got to paint all in blue for X amount of years after, you know, learning the craft for so long and doing it this way and that. 
you have to give yourself time for your own process. And that means, of course, failing. And such a huge part of the academic process, such a huge part of one's own consciousness evolving in evolution itself, physical or otherwise. And we've made the case and stated plenty in other reflections and dictations about how everything is actually a kind of consciousness or everything has at least a, maybe and not maybe the synaptic or the, uh, the the kind of brain consciousness that that we associate but but everything has a kind of acknowledgement um, of its own characteristics and beings and the environment that that particular thing or, or being is in um, in a way that we again, might not think of as the consciousness that we kind of experience, but, a, but an actual kind of consciousness. But there's a process of, of that being and, allow, and, 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 allowance, and an allowance for that being to occur. And it didn't just happen. Uh, and it certainly wasn't what we would call perfect it the the becoming the becoming never really stopped and therefore it never really started it was just a a present a presence excuse me but there was just a being there was just that happening and then the relation and And, and that was okay. We, we have to accept that for ourselves. We have to. Otherwise, we are going to continually strive for a, a false ideal. We're going to... And, and that, that is going to set us up for this cycle of discontent as it does with, with so many and there's an element to that which is okay as we, we spoke about that that truly who, what we perceive as a, a great person or artist or uh, that, that we think of as having achieved a lot as being dissatisfied or ne never quite being quenched in his or her uh, struggle but there is an element to that which is very dangerous when we see this when when we become so competitive within ourselves or against the world that we lose our sense of our, our ability to, to simply be. Now that is a very, very dangerous place. 
because again it, it demands that we're discontented demands that we are unhappy how could we ever be happy happy um, when we don't think we are where we should be unless we acknowledge that we are exactly where we are supposed to be even if we've not yet arrived even if we've not yet obtained that place where we ultimately will get to and that kind of statement assumes that at some point we we gain something we're gaining something and not gaining something and not having and not having these are again uh, more ideas they're more untruths they're they're more you know lies put in, in in our minds and in front of our faces that say that we can have this or or be that when That's a false narrative. Because there is no arrival. There is no ultimate state or place that one gets to and you know, there's, there's no more. That place is death. And yet, in a very real way, we need to achieve that death in order to sort of have this new beginning. Because ironically enough, if we die to the idea of what we should be and how we should get there and who we who we are if if we can put all that aside then there's there's no more expectation then there's no more becoming uh, then there's just very simple being and Simplicity is the greatest kind of being because it allows for a perfect interaction because it has no expectations and it is pure contentment. And it is holy itself in whatever form it takes. If we die to who we think we are, if we leave all that aside, then that opens up a complete and total freedom for us.
and we can get rid of these notions and we can get we can maybe finally be satisfied and uh, ironically enough (laughs) finally be who we really and truly are.